0: This week I have Dave Clock with me. Thank you for being here, man. My pleasure. This is fun. Um, so, in case people don't know who you are, yeah. If they know anything about uh, the meltdown here in Los Angeles, you do every poster.
1: That's true. Unless I'm out of town.
0: Unless you're out of town. Okay. Yeah. You hire a you hire an understudy.
1: Uh, I've got buddies. Yeah. that I, I surround myself with way better artists than me, and then <laughs>
0: that's smart. Yeah. That's how you do it. But you wanted to pick, I think, to some people's chagrin and some people's surprise, you picked our first Hedberg album.
1: That's my surprise for sure,
0: right? Isn't that? I mean, more people, uh, the the most request you will not believe. What do you think the most requested album is on this show?
1: Raw. No. Is that even an album? It's a special.
0: Yeah, but nobody nobody's picked. Eddie Murphy's not even on the list of most requested. Jim Gaffigan. Um, Nope. Actually, no one's ever picked Jim Gaffigan, and that would be fun.
1: (laughs) I'm really showing my cards. Um,
0: That's good, though. We should talk about
1: it Bill Cosby.
0: You would think so. I think he's a close second. Pryor? Also, no. How fa- I'm real far off. Believe it or not, you are. Uh, uh. It's a much newer artist, which blows. Cat Williams.
1: i <laughs> sorry. I looked at your cat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have done one Cat Williams album. Uh, no, it's Adam Sandler.
1: Oh, everybody's laughing at you. Yeah, uh, they're all gonna laugh. Yeah, at you. they're all gonna
0: laugh at you. They either pick that one or his other one, and that one blows my mind every time.
1: Because it's so great?
0: <laughs> that is one way to look at how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm going to stop bitching about it on the podcast because mm-hmm. I think it, people get annoyed. I, and it's actually not a horrible... But I didn't grow up with it.
1: Okay, and, you didn't?
0: Uh, no, I didn't. So I didn't... You know, I grew up with people saying, fuck me in the goat ass. Right. Around me. And I'm like, why right. are you saying... The same reason I didn't listen to Dave Chappelle or watch Dave Chappelle for a long time because it was just frat boys quoting him. Right. And eventually I realized, oh, I missing out you know Sandler it wasn't the same feeling of missing out but it's like oh it would have been interesting to be a part of but I'm fine
1: Uh, because I was listening
0: to Carlin when that stuff okay so right but okay so when did you first hear firstly you're you're from you're the Detroit area yep originally so when did you first hear Mitch Mitch Hedberg
1: um it was in someone's dorm room Mm -hmm. in my uh I didn't go to college right after high school Mm -hmm. but I did go visit friends in college okay so it was visiting a friend when everyone had internet. Yeah. Because not everyone had, like, capable internet at home. Of
0: course, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But in college, everyone had, like, super fast yeah. internet. Yeah. So it, people would stream videos of the two things we all watched were Mitch Hedberg's special and then Jim Gaffigan's special. Okay. And that's when everyone started doing the little voice.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: And then course. every other thing that Mitch Hedberg did became... In my group of friends, just how we talked.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, you know, there's still remnants of that.
0: I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But, so... It's hard not
1: to quote. I don't know the chronology of it, but I think it went that special and then the album we're going to talk about.
0: Okay. All right. Am
1: I right? I don't know if you you No,
0: no, I think so. I think you're absolutely right, because uh, the first one was... um, jesus strategic grill locations which again people uh, i i i think i explained to you as you walked up one guy was like oh damn it he's gonna pick that fucking album and i won't mm-hmm. be able to talk about it on your show and i'm like yeah no it turns out as a matter of fact you are wrong yeah um so then all right so strategic ugh, strategic grill locations came out in 1999 which is uh but he's i don't know when he self-released it though okay he self-released it first and then his Comedy Central Presents was 99. So I'm honestly thinking Strategic Grill Locations must have, though, at least been a year before he actually did that. Okay. Is my guess. So around the same time. So wait, when did... This one, this oh, Mitch together came out 2003, actually.
1: Right, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah,
0: perfect timing. Perfect
1: sense. Okay. I graduated high school in 2002. Okay. Everyone went to college, and that's when I was listening to that.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. So... What kind of comedy were you listening to before? I mean, did you go to school for art? Yeah, I did. Okay, you did. So that's and you actually do it. That's amazing. I know. That is <laughs> all. Off. Meanwhile, <laughs> so happy for you.
1: <laughs> I did not study for even a day. What I do? What I what do screen printing. You, yeah. And I did not do screen printing. What did in you college.
0: do? What did you study then? Just traditional I got a art.
1: Performance art degree. Really? Yeah. What? Because I got along with the teacher really okay. well. Okay. All right. And I was like, I just want to have a good experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I did.
0: That's fucking... That's hilarious. What, okay, then we, where did you learn to screen print? Where did you... Out le- here. Out here. Really? Out here, yeah. And you haven't been out here all that long.
1: Six years in September.
0: Okay, yeah. Which so is a lot. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's that's crazy. I mean, that, that you do it, you know, once a week, you're, for More. the most part. Once not, a week, minimum. Right. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Of course. What am I saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what... So... When, what's the first piece of art you ever did that was related to comedy? Anything?
1: A Meltdown poster, for yeah? sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: And how long ago was that when you did your first Meltdown poster, then?
1: Uh, we started talking about it in 2010. Mm-hmm. The show, starting, the show started running in uh, fall 2010. Okay, yeah. And I went to it mm-hmm. from the beginning. And then I built up the balls to talk to Jonah. Mm-hmm towards the end of the year mm-hmm. so it was still like a month or two maybe two months into the show yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> and uh he said when the new year starts do your first poster
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i did i think my first my first poster was january 26th
0: Oh, okay and since then pretty much every no every, since on every since week then every week Every week. It's fucking crazy. It's
1: almost 200 posters. That's
0: insane. Yeah. You must have a frightening, upsetting archive
1: then. Uh, I'm super unorganized. Yeah, uh uh-huh. So when people... The thing is, it's like, I get asked, like, hey, do you have this poster? Mm -hmm. And I can only give maybes. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, of course.
1: Because I have these towers, like, that high. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's like, if it's deep down at the bottom, I don't know if I want to go down all that way Yeah, 100%. (laughs) 100%. Yeah.
0: You don't. Um... So what? I guess it's, you actually already answered it by saying this is like this. This album was like a communal experience for you guys. Yeah. So that's why it, probably one of the reasons it was so important. Yeah. Were you making friends as you were listening to this? Were you already friends with everybody who was there, or like did it solidify anything? It
1: was it. It was a interesting because you know you go to college and you start like trying to make these new groups of friends, and it, you don't realize you're saying you're like quoting or like your you know inflection is being informed by clearly mitch Hedberg Mm -hmm. changed the way people talk oh yeah and it was like if someone clearly looked back at me when i did that and gave me the i get what you're doing (laughs) it wasn't like Chappelle, where it's like you hear someone doing that and you're like fucking cut it out man (laughs) it was like i get it i get you Mm-hmm. We get everything together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was like its own language.
0: What was it? Go ahead, sorry.
1: Like I was just thinking on my way over here. I was like, what to this day do I still say? Mm-hmm. Whenever I finish anything, I go, I'm going on break. <laughs> Which, like, even my dad says. Really? Yeah, I'm going on break.
0: It's fucking awesome.
1: The Appliance Naming Institute. <laughs> he goes, this thing keeps things fresh. <laughs> we'll call it a fresher. I'm going on break.
0: <laughs> And to have that kind of impact after only two albums is fucking sick. And, yeah. I mean, he had a third that was released after he died, but uh, nobody right. ever talks about that one. Those, right. These are the two. Um, see, that's kind of crazy. When you first started, I mean, was comedy a thing for you always? Growing up? I mean, did you have it in the house? I mean, I, I, I yeah. assume that, but sometimes people say no.
1: Uh, yeah, not always in album form. hmm But, you know, you grow up with Seinfeld. Seinfeld's a comedian, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, But yeah, like when you said you do this podcast about comedy albums, it like really got me thinking that it was like, you know, I didn't have a ton of actual albums, Mm -hmm. nor did I know they really existed.
0: Right. But you are a big stand-up fan. You go to just a ton of shows. Yeah. But it's... When I, because again, I'm a comedy fan, but I don't go to a lot of stand-up shows, so I'm interested. Like, what keeps you coming? Do you like to see people evolve? Yeah. Is that like, what's the most important thing for you? Is it just being entertained, or is there something deeper to it?
1: There's definitely been an interesting byproduct of going to a show every week, mm-hmm. um, where names like I'll go through my old posters and I'll see like then I try not to make like some comedians big names, some comedians small names, mm-hmm, because that's a, a poor idea. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But it's such a quick ascension for some comedians Yeah. that it's like, uh, it'll be a seven-person bill and the one name I don't know in a year yeah. could be the name I want to make biggest the next right. time they're on the right. show.
0: Right, yeah. That makes sense.
1: Like, graphic design-wise, if you're na- making every name two inches wide, mm-hmm. so every name has to be the same width no matter how many letters it's in, the longest name is going to be the smallest because mm-hmm. you have to pack it into two inches, the shortest name is going to be the biggest. Yeah. So one week... It was Thomas Middleditch. Uh huh. Was pencil thin. Yeah, I bet. And Jay Larson was huge. <laughs> and I've I've been friends with Thomas Middleditch forever. hmm. And he it was the first time he had done the show, and he was like, "Hey, my name's the smallest." It was him and Natasha Leggero. Uh-huh. Tons of letters. Yeah. yeah. And they were really small. And Jay Larson was the one comedian I didn't know in the bill, and he was the biggest. And then he went up and totally crushed.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was like, I don't know who Jay Larson is, but it looks like it's his special right right and then he went up and killed it and that's i was insane. like that's the sign
2: i've never stayed at a bed and breakfast and i don't think i would because i figure you stay at a bed and breakfast by the end of the day you start to get hungry is that all you got around here then you need to direct me to a chair lunch dinner i'm gonna open up a chain of chair lunch dinners put them right across the street from the bed and breakfast it's like, come on over about one but you had to leave at 11, because you're not sleeping in the fucking chair. <laughs> We're going to have to sweeten some of these jokes. You know what sweeten means, right? That's a showbiz term for add sugar to. <laughs> anyway, I was in uh, Ireland performing, and uh, that's right, that's why I left, because fuckers go, woohoo. <laughs> And I got sick of that shit. I can't take woohoo anymore. And I'll be goddamn it if they're not here too.
0: Are you just there to to laugh? Or do you, again, do you like watching people evolve? Or is there, or like, hey, they're big now, and you get excited for them? What's the most important thing for you?
1: Uh, just good quality comedy. I Going to the Meltdown's kind of a spoiling experience. Yeah, yeah. Because right when I moved here, um, I had a ton of friends in the comedy scene, um, but not the biggest, the highest strata. Mm-hmm. My good friend who lived out here before me, who I stayed with for a while, is Paulie Shore's road opener. Really? And has worked at the comedy store since day one of uh-huh. him living here. And still does. It's crazy. And he's still Paulie Shore's road opener. Uh huh. And I used to go to the comedy store, which is the other side of the world mm-hmm. compared to the Meltdown. Right. You know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm just like lots of weird negative vibes. Yeah,
0: yeah, And
1: like weird headbutting, and it's just kind of like a, a frat with the lights out. Mhm,
0: mhm.
1: And uh, <laughs> going to Meltdown was so refreshing. Yeah. That it was like, it was like a group of friends that was just like waiting to get to know each other, all agreeing that this was the best day of their week. Yeah. And it just picked up speed and stayed quality.
0: Does it feel to you like it's the nature of comedy, that comedy is becoming less competitive and a little more cooperative in that way, or is it just venue by venue? Maybe it's always been cooperative, and they've just had shitty venues.
1: It would be tough for me to say, because yeah. I am 98% of the time at the same venue, Sure, but I think there ha- should be, I think comedy's doing well, mm-hmm. and I think it's possibly because of a philosophy change, That, mm-hmm. but I am totally unfit to make that call.
0: No, I know. It's something that I've noticed myself, but again, I'm, I, again who the fuck am I? Because I don't see any shows, like, okay. almost <laughs> ever. But I mean, there are guys who are established comics, like established guys. I mean, even like, you know, Robin Williams would drop in, right? right. So uh, these are guys who grew up in a very competitive environment that are perfectly comfortable there. Right. And I've just, and i always wondered, and I want to talk to a few of them. I'd like to get a few of them on the show just to know, is it is it a matter of well, this is just a shitty environment. Everybody beats each other up here. Thank God there's finally a place. Because I, honestly, so many comedians are just little puppies. Like, right. they, you know, there's always the idea of the tears of a clown. But honestly, they're just fucking humans.
1: I mean, sure, you can say something like, yeah, we all do it. It happened to me. It made me stronger. But, mm-hmm. like, if you're not going to, if you're going to completely write off the idea that maybe if you don't do that and you're more nurturing and helpful, maybe something better could come from that. Yeah. Then you're never going to know. Right. And it's like... The few times I would go and spend long periods of time at the comedy store, because my friend would often go on at like 2.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. but I'd get there at 9. He'd be like, yeah, the show starts at 9. Uh-huh. And my last name's Clock. I get places on time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he'd, be like, he'd be like, yeah, like the show starts at 9, and I'd show up at 9. I'd park a half hour early because I learned sure. Hollywood ways. Yeah. And I would walk up at 9... And then I'd see this list of who's on the show. Yeah, huh. And it was like six feet long. It was just like names, names, <laughs> oh names, names, God. names. And Sandy would be at the bottom. Oh. And it would be like him and then the other guy from Michigan, Barris. Uh huh. Todd Barrett, Tom. Oh boy. I Don know. Barris. Don Barris, okay. And there'd be like three people in the audience at the end of the night. But like throughout that time, people would have thrown chairs at the stage. <laughs> you know, stuff had been whipped back and forth from the audience. Ooh, oh boy! Just like some of the harshest tackling, and to have that none of that be present. Right. At the meltdown, I was mm. like, okay, this is more my speed. I'll
0: yeah, I mean, here. it's nice to have that when I feel like on the road, it's this crapshoot for people where they don't know if they're gonna run into. It, but why not, like, in most people's home base when it comes to comedy? Right have a have a space where it's like i'm i'm gonna fuck her i'm gonna try something yeah fuck around a bit see what happens which is why it's a good good place for them to do the set list too because again it's just completely off the top of your head yeah you know um do you is comedy a soundtrack for you while you're creating or are you a music
1: guy or both both plus podcasts in the middle yeah music podcasts comedy podcasts news podcasts yeah which you know a confluence of all of those things um yeah, having stuff on is important. Mitch that that Mitch Hedberg album. It's tough because it's you know it's like rereading a book. You mm-hmm. know you know what's coming up. Yeah. But like with Mitch Hedberg, a lot of his jokes play like, this is a great riff. Yes. Like oh, yes. I love when like this is about to happen. Right. It, the, like nothing like no other comedy album I've ever heard. The re listening. Yeah. Is just as great.
0: It's really true. I mean, like we talked we've talked a lot about if you're performing as a comedian, you don't get to rely on the, the greatest hits, but I feel like if he was still around, he probably could still do it.
1: Actually, one of the worst experiences I've had in comedy was seeing Mitch Hedberg live. Really? Yes. When was this? My first year in college, so 2003, so he was touring on this album. Yeah. And the difficult thing was he was first of 3. Okay. On a a bill that to this day I'm so happy I saw. Okay. Mitch Hedberg opening for Lewis Black and David Tell.
0: Holy shit.
1: When those big, when it was, it's like an 800 person venue.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. Uh, In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. And uh, he went on and I, you know, I was so excited. He was the one I wanted to see the most. Yeah. And I was like, what do I want to see him do? New material that I don't know, or do I want to see him play the hits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the entire front row, or like front chunk, that he could hear was just yelling, Duck joke. Or you know, do the quick king size bed joke. Boy, oh boy oh boy. To the point where he didn't get out two two jokes back to back. It would be a joke and then dealing with the audience.
0: Holy shit.
1: Doing requests. So he was completely taken out of it. Yeah. So his reading of it was basically like he was reading it off a page. Yeah.
0: That's really too bad.
1: And it was awful.
0: Yeah. No, I imagine. Did... uh <laughs> How did Lewis Black and David Tell follow it? Were they fine?
1: Louis Black, you get what you pay for. Yeah, I bet. He was angry. Uh-huh. It went well, but he was angry. Sure. Um, <laughs> David Tell did one of the most soaring magical sets. Really? it was like everyone was just giving him a standing ovation the entire time
0: <laughs> I bet.
1: cuz everyone was like at the laughing to the ability of their body and reacting the same so it was just laughter and clapping the entire time yeah god yeah he was incredible
0: i guess it is one of the things that you don't think about is and i, I mean i was reading about it when i was when i was doing a little bit of research on Mitch Hedberg there you go iPod, itunes reviewers <laughs> who say i don't do enough research um <laughs> But yeah, that was one of those things that just constantly seemed to happen to him. I mean, he still kept doing it because it was his thing and he obviously loved doing it. And the first time you hear any revelation he makes is just so fucking mind-blowing. <laughs> I mean, they're so stupid. Yeah. The, the, es- the, the, the Escalator joke is one of my... I think uh, it seems to be an incredibly big favorite with people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and it, it's... Uh, and he could have very easily made himself a Stephen Wright ripoff because they're always comparing the two of them. Mm. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. But it, it just did. It, it's not something that it would have occurred to me is that he would just have to deal with that pain in the ass shit. Yeah, from the people in the front row, no less. You can ignore the people in the back a little bit, right? I think.
1: But man, he could get away with saying stuff like "Check this joke out." Yeah, in the middle <laughs> of his set. I know, I know. Check this joke out, <laughs> and like. It's just so good. He knew just what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew people, there are people around here that, like, Jim Hamilton said he used to open for him.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: And that, like, kind of humanized it because I would always, like, when I was really into him, I would read about, like, kind of his quick down, like, his road towards drugs and yeah. eventually dying from it. And, uh, it, like, it, he didn't seem like a person. It seemed like he was a rock star. Yeah. That just kind of, like, burned out. hmm But hearing that like people I know like actually did shows with them, I was like, oh that's huh. <laughs> like <laughs> I I kinda don't want to hear about it. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. same
0: uh did you grow up listening to I mean did you, did your family have comedy albums at all? I'm just curious. And is this the I mean it sounds like you this is something you shared with your dad or your dad at least knows about it.
1: When I got so into it, it was just like, you know, you're always looking for something to bond with your parents over. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I was like, here you go, and then he like called me, just like a whole conversation over the phone where he just told me his favorite jokes. It was like <laughs> listening to just my dad, hearing it in one ear and just say it.
0: It's fucking great.
1: Yeah, that's he, so good. He loved it all. Um, same with the Jim Gaffigan album. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time you hear the Hot Pockets bit. Of course. You know. Of course. But it it was so weird, because I do remember, like, hearing people quote those albums as if they're their joke, because mm-hmm. they don't know that everyone's heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do the Hot Pocket bit to someone anymore. No. That's not yours.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: just like, I've heard people go to an escalator and say, like, if this broke, it would be stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to, way to clumsily hand off someone else's gold. <laughs> right.
2: Every book is a children's book if the kid can read. I got an oscillating fan at my house. The fan goes back and forth. It looks like the fan is saying no. So i like to ask the questions that a fan would say no to. Say, do you keep my hair in place? Do you keep my documents in order? Do you have three settings? Liar. My fan fucking lied to me. Now I will pull the pin up. Now you ain't saying shit. I didn't go to college, but if I did, I've taken all my tests at a restaurant because the customer is always right.
0: I'm curious then from like, uh, it's interesting that I, you know, I'm a comedy writer, I do perform. I I don't go see enough of it, but I feel like if you, yes, meow, again, uh, I feel like if you see enough of it, you've got to have just as much of a handle on what makes it work. Do you pick comedy apart at all? I mean, is it something where you're interested in the mechanics of it?
1: Uh, I think it's fascinating. hmm um, I mean, you do
0: have a performance art degree. We've established Right. <laughs> so.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I, it just helps me appreciate some comedians that I feel like don't get their due respect. Mm-hmm. Because I'll be like, they're not only saying the best stuff, they're saying it the best. Mm-hmm. And some people aren't, like, celebrating it enough.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: Like, one of my favorite comedians in the whole world is Randy Lidke. Uh-huh. And I think, like, <laughs> I'll see him tell a joke, and you'll just hear me, like, cackling <laughs> in the back.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But... Uh, yeah, I, I think seeing a lot of comedy is a great way to see a bunch of people do it so differently. Yeah, so differently.
0: Yeah, it's so hard because uh, you do hear different comedians talk about they don't really care how it's said necessarily, as long as it's as long as it gets a laugh, or as long as it accomplishes it says what you're trying to say, or it. Some people are more concerned with well, it says who I am in the joke uh, and I'm always curious about the mechanics of it because it's the math of comedy Right. that a lot of people maybe don't some people may just naturally have that but mm-hmm. they don't think about it as much but it's the kind of person I am I'm always picking it apart I'm also curious then as far as like I don't know what what makes you think you can what 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 is what made you feel like I can embody comedy in art somehow because your your art while beautiful, like the first thing I if I were to see it in a gallery, I wouldn't necessarily guess that they were all for a comedy show, right? Because they're just kind of I'm gonna be just completely ignorant, kind of crazy. Like, that's just the, the dumbest way to oh, say it, but no, they're, they're, they seem all over the place, but gorgeous, you know what thank I mean? You. So, what are you trying to reflect when you're doing them?
1: Um, early on, I was just doing simple stuff that mm-hmm. wouldn't that would not make me lose the gig, hmm, mm hmm. Because it was mine to lose. Yeah, yeah. And worst case scenario, they go, "Hey, having posters is great. Having Dave do them is bad." Uh, right. Right. So right. we'll get the, you know, it's L.A. You know, if I yell out the window, there's going to be a comedian, 100%. a writer, mm-hmm. and an artist all sitting out there.
0: Yeah. You should try it.
1: Right. I'm not you know. gonna. Just cause it's too loud. <laughs> um. But I was like, I have to keep this interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't want to try to make it funny okay because i was like i'm not a comedian yeah no one is here to buy a funny poster yeah um i was like don't draw. a i'm bad at drawing faces but i'm like i don't need to draw caricatures of the performers right you know yeah. this isn't the That's cover true. of an album yeah it's just something people can take home to document the event Mm-hmm. that will never happen again right yeah it'll happen differently sure but so will the art right um so yeah, there was uh, I, I, the stuff happening. Weird is just I, I prefer weird mm-hmm. any day of the week. I'll take weird. Um,
0: but are you thinking about comedy while you're doing it? I'm just curious. Like I or is it because they're not sketches? I mean, you know, right. I want to give people an idea if they haven't seen your <laughs> art. They're not yeah. sketches. You know, yeah. they're you know some sometimes beautiful line art. You know, it's but you do. I mean, you're screen printing it. So yeah. it has to be simple in some ways. But
1: um, you know, some weeks I'll be like, I've got a thirty-hour drawing in me.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: And I'll do that, and it won't... It'll. The only thing it'll be is something to look at. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It has to be eye-catching. The reality of the fact is that it should be something people want to buy. hmm So, like, if I'm going head first towards terrifying, I do pull it back a bit. hmm <laughs> Um, it doesn't always work. Some weeks I'm like, oh, this is a weird one. Right, <laughs> like, right. this is real creepy. Uh those weeks i come home with the the same amount that i bring in (laughs) but uh there is no formula of what people want right and the reality is if the show doesn't go well or if it it ends on a weird note
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm at the uh, doesn't matter how good the art is right people don't want to remember it
0: sure yeah or
1: if someone crazy dropped in Mm -hmm. everyone wants a poster because they're going to be like this is the show that louis ck dropped in right or you know, tourists, which do comprise most crowds in LA, yeah. go. Oh, I'll get this signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter what it looks like. Just hope that they have a pen. Right.
0: How How many of them do you have archived online?
1: Online, not that many. No.
0: Okay. I'd just be curious to look at them because I I I, I would think I was I was trying too hard to like just at the beginning of this just to be like, Well I wonder how we can see the comedy and what he does. But that's oh. really not the <laughs> point and I really do like the idea that like you said, it's 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 individual, it's a snowflake for each show snowflake. That's no, the no. most tender way to say it. But, I'll you know, take it. Uh, but it, a thumbprint. I, it would be kind of awesome just to watch, just to see them all as a as a whole thing, you know. Yeah. in a book or on a, on a wall covering an entire wall all of them just to see not necessarily evolution that's a typical way to look at it but just to see I don't know just to see because you're thinking comedically whether you're trying to make it funny or not Right. And which if you're not then it's interesting how that would come out
1: a big goal is to not make them take away from the comedy sure which is scary or sad mhm uh, and I've I've really messed that up before. Where uh-huh. like I'll have been really bummed, okay. and it's like no matter how hard I try, this drawing is going to be a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, those still get printed. Sure. those still get comedians' names and brought to the show. Mm-hmm. And I still get like, huh, rough week. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> yes, please be super funny tonight. <laughs> I'm really going through it. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, and it's funny because like you know, they put them up at the Meltdown, Mm -hmm. in like a semi-permanent kind of way. Uh They've been there for a long time. Yeah. And like, I walk in and it is really like a hall of emotions. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh god, I was super pumped about this. This is a bummer. I remember that mistake. Like, I was literally crying when I did this. Oh (laughs) my god. I remember my dog farted on my lap when I was doing this one. Like, I wanted Thai food during all of these. (laughs) And, uh... You know, but to others, it's just like, I'm on that one. Yeah. Out.
0: Do you have, I, we like, I like to talk to people about, usually if we're talking about a vinyl album, yeah. I like to talk about the experience of handling one. Obviously, this is not the case. He didn't have any vinyl albums, Mitch Hedberg. Right. And it's just pictures on his cover. They're not spectacular covers. Right. But do you have some favorite comedy art or favorite album covers?
1: Um, I'm just curious. Jim Gaffigan does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's real art-oriented, mm-hmm. and I've actually been able to do a tour poster for him. That's awesome. And he was the easiest person to deal with. hmm Like, when he had notes, when he, he when he didn't like something, he would respond with three things yeah. he would want.
0: Yeah. Bigger.
1: Right, right, right. Instead of like, Darker. I don't like the way this works, it In would be... Voice. Yeah, could you make it smaller? And I think a good solution would be to do this to it. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, that is a good idea. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um he was super great and I I have other friends who've done work for him and mm-hmm. they've all agreed he's great to work with that's nice my friend did that Obsessed album yeah uh, he also does Nick Thune he does he works for Comedy Central a lot oh okay um, he did like Pete Holmes' album he did uh, Kumail's album with me oh yeah meanwhile I feel like Comedy Central could make their rent money pussing put, pussing <laughs> repressing that's repressing and putting together Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg's stuff out on vinyl. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah. I
0: mean, if, you know, if if my friend in the with the vinyl record uh, company is listening, just see who you gotta talk to, because... Uh, that would be huge. Yeah, the guy who does stand-up records is a big fan of my show, and, like, you know... Yeah. They, they put out amazing shit.
1: I wonder what legally has to be done, especially because it would be possible. I don't know,
0: but you would think... I, I would buy it. I mean, I would immediately buy it.
1: Can you imagine, like, putting that on? Mm-hmm. You know, like... And then... Putting the needle anywhere, and uh-huh. it's like. Oh. I was just gonna
0: say because you know what? To listen to this, I, you sent me the link on Spotify. Yeah. I had to listen to Spotify, and I don't pay for it, so it's fucking on shuffle. But it didn't matter right. at oh, all.
1: Absolutely not. It's
0: okay. There's no arc, but there right. doesn't need to
1: be with this. It's stuff. just bullets. Just everything hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. Not a lot of artists you can listen to on shuffle. I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, no, no and Especially because there's like stories The longest Mitch Hedberg joke is like 45 seconds yeah, And it's because yeah, he yeah. told the joke and then tagged it four times mm-hmm. But all with just like sentence fragments Yeah
0: Do you, when you re-listen to How often do you re-listen to him?
1: I'd think? say at this point it's probably every year Yeah But it was like the CD in my car mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, gonna listen to this whole thing a couple times on this drive Of course or, like, even, like, go back and, like, listen to a joke a couple times in a row. There's something
0: really comforting about committing that kind of stuff to memory. Yeah. It's the same stuff I did with, like, Monty Python when I was super young. You sure, know, You sure. just want, you want it to be a part of you in this weird way, and you don't lose it.
1: It's like everyone's doing the Simpsons marathon right now. Right. You start right. a Simpsons episode, and the feeling you get where two lines in, you're like, I know the A story, the B story, mm-hmm. I know my three favorite jokes, I know the character that's only in this one episode, mm-hmm. just, off, just while the credits are still rolling. Right. That's like a satisfying thing to be like, it this is. is something I love, mm-hmm. and I love it, and I, it's part of me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that Mitch Hedberg album has sunk into that level.
2: I order the club sandwich all the time, and I'm not even a member, man. I don't know how I get away with it. I, I like my sandwiches with three pieces of bread. So do I. Well, let's form a club there. <laughs> okay, but we need some more stipulations. Yes, we do. Instead of cutting the sandwich once, let's cut it again. Yes, four triangles. And we will position them into a circle. And in the middle, we will dump chips. Or a potato salad. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about frilly toothpicks? I'm formed. Well, this club is formed. Spread the word on menus nationwide. I like my sandwiches with alfalfa sprouts. Well, you're not in the fucking club. I went to a pizzeria, I ordered a slice of pizza the fucker gave me the smallest slice possible if the pizza was a pie chart for what people would do if they found a million dollars the fucker gave me the donate to charity slice I would like to exchange this for the keep it
1: the smoke ring when they cut my body in half deep down will be the Mitch uh-huh. Hedberg ring
0: That's, you know and the thing is and the other weird thing is it's barely a decade old just a decade and a year mm-hmm. that it had that kind of a An impact. And it didn't have anything to do with his death. He was that big before. That was just a huge fucking disappointment. Also, do you
1: remember when his death happened?
0: Oh, wasn't it April 1st, right? Yeah, so everybody thought it was fucking bullshit. Yeah, it it. was like
1: a speed bump. Uh It was like, I heard he died. Oh, it's April 1st. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: of course that's not true.
1: And it's like, oh, he's still dead on April 10th. It's like, oh, super bummer. The real nice thing about it, though, is because of the
0: type of comedy it is, and because of everything we talked about. Is it so timeless? I think I don't think there's much in there that's even about technology that didn't exist 50 years beforehand or that won't exist in 50 years. It's very timeless, Yeah. and I I don't know. Re-listening to it, I was just this. No, this is perfect. It it, it can't really age. It ages very slowly. Absolutely,
1: and I think it was it was a beneficiary of the time mm-hmm. that it happened mm-hmm. and the demographic in which it happened too. Right, where it's like. CDs were at their biggest when Offspring was breaking. Right. So yeah. Offspring sold the most records.
0: Point, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it wasn't like there were a billion bands. You know, now you can get all CDs for a quarter, of but course. it's like, when Mitch Hedberg's album was huge, the internet was blowing up right. in household, in homes. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't competing with, you could look up anyone's name and listen to a single mm-hmm. track anywhere. It was like, that link got emailed to me mm-hmm. his comedy central album got emailed to me it was way before youtube yeah so it was like here is a video here's a website with a video on it yeah and it was like what do you mean right right and it was like listen i'm gonna get it started we'll go get lunch and we get back we'll watch it
2: yeah yeah
1: and it was like great let's get some people over to this dorm room mm-hmm. and we'll look at this on your computer screen mm-hmm And we'll all be very excited about it. I
0: sometimes even forget that, even though I was a part of it, is that while the fucking boring shit people always talk about how convenient the internet is and then blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm sick of that discussion on podcasts, on every podcast. (laughs) But I do forget how precious that shit was at the time because you're like, holy fuck, I can get everything? but it's gonna take a while I yeah. still you still have to be picky yeah. about yeah. the shit
1: you stole but you were like so pumped to find out you could get it 100% yeah. you were like oh my god I can get that now yeah. so I can have it with me more frequently yeah.
0: yeah and I don't I don't like to admit this but I love Weird Al and my goal because I couldn't I don't I don't like I don't hate to admit that I love Weird Al I hate to admit that I stole every one of his albums at that point. But in how much sense, money have you
1: given Weird Al in your life?
0: I, I think a bunch, you know, I've seen him live and I, yeah. I try to buy every album now, and I'm still trying to buy I want to get all the old ones on vinyl though. I really right. want those. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. Um especially since this is probably his last proper album. He's yeah, that's what I've heard. not gonna do anymore. That's upsetting. It's 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 smart for what he does. But he's still anyway, I can go on for hours, and I have gone on for hours about him. Um <laughs> Uh so you, I, I do have, I have Jonah Ray's uh, "Hello, Mr. Magic Place" "Plain Person, Hello." You bet. Here because he's done, he did the show. You designed the cover in mm-hmm. the back. Um, how many albums have you done this for?
1: Comedy albums? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe five or six. See, that's good.
0: That's, that's that's. Do you now? I first of all, what were you thinking? Because I love this cover.
1: Um i had been doing this wood plank stuff Mm -hmm. drawing stuff out of wood yeah i had just done the grant morrison poster at meltdown there was a grant morrison event Mm -hmm. and i did that Mm -hmm. and Joan had asked me to do his album cover and we were just bouncing ideas back and forth actually it was for a shirt okay okay and when it came out the way it did he said i'm gonna make that my album cover that's awesome which was huge like I did those posters for a while before I could call Jonah or Kumail, like, friends. hmm So it was really just like, these are my bosses, they're hilarious. Yeah. But, like, that, that brought us a lot closer.
0: Yeah, no, I bet. God, that's so good. Um, do you, uh, but it, it, it's just... I'm just babbling now, but do you <laughs> when when you're designing a cover, is it same same thing? Just unique experience. I want here's here's how I express how I like their their comedy.
1: Um, I do a lot of stuff through AST. Yeah, and um, I've been fortunate enough to be friends with a lot of the comedians that I've done albums for, mm-hmm. and it's nice to because you know when you're getting into comedy, it's like maybe I'll do an album one day, yeah, and then it's like. I'm going to be able to do an album. Maybe I'll do something more than just a picture of me on stage. Right, right. And then the comedian comes to me with 11 ideas. Of
0: course, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's like, okay, let's pick the one that's most feasible. Yeah. That'll make us both excited. hmm And the best was Jim Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He, he did an album called Poems About the Ocean. Uh-huh. Which actually is one of my favorite albums, comedy albums ever. Yeah, okay. Um... He's like, "Hey what do you think? He's like, I know you draw a lot of hands." He's like, "What about an ocean made of hands?
0: That's kind of cool, yeah, and that's I was awesome. like,
1: that's exactly what I want to do, yeah, and I remember doing that, and we were both real excited and he got you know the art framed, and
0: yeah, that's amazing
1: to this point i a lot of comedians that i've done that I've done art for I've, i' you know I'll do a tour poster or a shirt mm-hmm. design or album stickers um they're all like, "Yeah, I saw your Jim Hamilton album, yeah." And that's what I want. Okay, I haven't it. seen
0: that cover, and now I now I need to.
1: I that's I'm pumped about that.
0: That's awesome. Um, have you ever has any the one thing that I feel like with with modern vinyl as far as like the the, the cover art? And uh-huh. I don't get to talk to a lot of people like this. i Don't get to talk to any artists who do okay. it. Is it's and I, again, no offense to Weird out but this is the newest comedy album I've ever bought on vinyl. Okay, it's this is it. It's flat. Where and, and this is a coincidence. I'm glad I have this here. Whereas this old Cheech and Chong album, Los Coccinos, I mean, you pull the you you pull oh, the sleeve whoa. out, and like I'm just talking, you know what I'm talking about? Like, inside still printed. Yeah, it's very interactive. There's a lot of shit going on here. That's amazing. There's a story. There's an entire story. Yeah. And I'm waiting for a newer comic to do this because I don't care how good their comedy is. I would buy this for the art. It is yeah. genuinely
1: gorgeous. That's. A standalone thing. That's amazing. Yes, I mean look at that. Cheech look at chunks. this door cross section is incredible.
0: Amazing. All, all, all the beautiful looking marijuana, and I mean they're they're playing the old ladies in the back. Then you can see that they're fucking themselves as old ladies on the inside of the car here. It's fantastic. And oh yeah, I never realized. I think Cheech might be trying to make the lady version of Tommy blow him. I just realized that. Like there's just it so layers, much man. going on. Uh, and regardless of the story, I mean it is like you say. It's just interactive. There's two pieces to it, and I'm. Has anybody has anybody even come up with anything like that, or is it just a matter of I want a nice design on the
1: cover? Or something? They want a nice design, but when you get to packaging, yeah. it's all about feasibility and cost. Sure, of course, and oh, it's yeah, like yeah. that.
0: Now, that would probably be
1: well. How many millions of albums do you think that's sold?
0: That's also true. That's also a very good point. Like
1: they're like, <coughs> listen, because that has to be die cut. Mm-hmm. Like let alone design, sure, it has to be die cut. That's a huge photo session. Mm-hmm. That you know that could raise the cost of that album a dollar mm-hmm. per that's true right. which is millions of dollars mm-hmm. uh but you know if weird al's cool with just like art on the front and the back of course a lot of people are saving a lot of money oh
0: absolutely i've just
1: and especially at the level i'm doing stuff at mm-hmm. it's like let's get some cover art all
0: oh, right no of course type of
1: out course. those thank yous mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. i understand
0: I'm, I'm waiting for it to be more feasible though it's yeah. just—it's not cost-effective. Then it was the thing. It's way more cost-effective. I mean, you can even play around with CD design too, because again,
1: yeah, you, you get cost, the fold-out.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. <But> now, <laughs> see, now getting way too nostalgic, and it's, I'm
1: trying to think. There aren't any like, I'm sure I'm wrong, but I can't think of any comedy albums that have like exceptional vinyl layouts. Right.
0: But at least they're different. That is one thing, too. I mean, it's not always just blow up what's on the CD right. or blow up what's on iTunes. Right. You know, especially with re- re-releases like you're talking about. I would love to see, oh, well, Mitch Hedberg an artistic rendering of what whoever you know is interpreting Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, Shepherd Fairy. Be so. good. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fantastic. Um, so I always like to make people recommend the album. If if nobody's ever heard of Mitch Hedberg, somehow doesn't know his comedy. Why should they listen to this album first, or why should they listen to this album
1: at all? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there's anyone who hasn't heard it. Mm-hmm. There's certainly there are certainly people who don't realize they haven't heard it, that <laughs> right. they've heard it right. And those people should go back. It'll be the most enjoyable history lesson of the last twelve years of comedy and of inflection and pacing and craftsmanship mm-hmm. and just weird out of the box. He was so weird, like, what was it, two years later, Dane Cook took over. Right. Who was the farthest thing from Mitch Hedberg sure. in the world. Sure, sure. And, you know, who, who knows what Mitch Hedberg would have done if he had been alive at that same time. But he was for, he was a comedian that did the jokes we all wanted to hear and didn't could never think of. Yeah. Dane yeah. Cook just told stories like an excited guy sure. at a
0: party. Sure, yeah.
1: Mitch Hedberg, his brain was put together in a way that... No one else's was, Mm -hmm. you know. He can you imagine like walking around in a mall and hearing and with him and like him saying something, you wouldn't be able to move after some of those. It's true. It's
0: It's true. Like getting
1: to an escalator Uh and him saying like, you know, and that's a broken. (laughs) That's it's broken. It's just stairs. Mm You would just be at the bottom and you'd be up at the top still talking. Right. Can't believe you just said that. Uh huh. You know, like God, they're all every joke was probably a moment where someone was with him and was just like holy shit man mm-hmm.
0: and it's what's funny is you don't think of him as observational in right. the same way observational <laughs> humor has a pattern to it has has a rhythm his his was yeah. but then here's an observation and but it's from this intentionally skewed perspective yeah about why he doesn't need a receipt for a donut you know <laughs> right There's something to that effect
1: yeah god damn i'm gonna listen to the album again on the way home yeah
0: it's worth it it is again that that is one reason to to listen to it too is you won't want to stop listening yeah and i like albums like that
1: like hey if you want to see me after the show i'll be surprised (laughs) like (laughs) he probably just said that at one point and then he was like oh everyone's been laughing for two minutes Uh uh-huh i'm gonna put that in the album
0: and the delivery of a guy who sounds like he doesn't do comedy he Absolutely. sounds like he doesn't know his own punchlines.
1: All he knows is that that's what he sounds like. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Ah, it's so fantastic.
1: Yeah, he often will like forget a punchline and just mm-hmm. kind of like mumble it out, <laughs> and then he'll laugh along with it. Mm-hmm. And you hear like, hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's the best. That that album feels more intimate than it should.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you know. Personality quirks when they enter somebody. Some people don't work well with their own comedy. Right. It has to be so polished. Whereas he's a guy who clearly that's more of him than, you know,
1: yeah. you might assume. Polishing was going to take some of the finish off.
0: But oh, yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, man. Like, can you guys, can we smoke in this club here in Minneapolis? And some guy goes, you can. And he goes, who the hell am I? And then he goes, Mitch Hedberg. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, a thing, too. Is also so, like, adorable that any, like, attempt or, like, feigning ego is obviously just too cute to let yep. go. Like, it's just it's like, oh, this is great. This is... um, Well, thank you for doing this.
1: Oh, thanks for this having me.
0: This has been so much fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd forgotten how good this album was. I think I normally think of the first one, too, but I'd forgotten how good this one
1: is. It's the best.
0: Um, Where can people find you online?
1: On uh, Twitter, it's DaveClock.com. Mm-hmm. K-L-O-C. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: We're so close alphabet wise, it's exciting. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: You're lucky you're in comedy. You're, your initials are JK. Yeah. Um, that's great. Instagram is a good way to follow me because I deal in pictures.
0: Okay, sure. Uh,
1: and I'm not good at Twitter. Okay. So ignore that. <laughs> uh, Dave Clock, you know, there's not many of us in this world, so if you look it up, It's good. you'll stumble.
0: And if you're in LA, come to The Meltdown.
1: Come to Meltdown. Or actually geez, go to yeah. any comedy show. No, just come. To yeah, meltdown. just come to Valda. <laughs> Buy tickets though in advance. Yeah, that would be good. I see a lot of people come up and be like, "I brought my family," and it's like, the show's been going on for an hour and it's sold out. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, okay.
0: Thank you so much. My again. pleasure. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. Go listen to this album. Go look yep. at Dave's art. And as always, have a good thing.